This is this is this is the Bottom Bends podcast. Oh yeah! Hello and welcome back to the Bottom Bends podcast and to our Premier League coverage. So the game, the first game, our featured game, if you will, um, that we're talking about this week is Man City against Liverpool. Uh, finished one one at the Etihad and. I'm going to go out on the limb, lads, and say it's a really positive result for Liverpool and another season in which we see Man City pre-Christmas kind of drop silly points in games when really they're the dominant side. Or in goals from Haaland um, and from Trent Alexander-Arnold, uh, what did you make of the game just a, a, as a whole? Do you think it was good result for Liverpool? Did you think it was a fair result for Liverpool? Yeah, I thought it was a good result for Liverpool. Um, whether it was a fair result or not, a, a different question. Um, you know, I thought it was very harsh for Ruben Diaz's goal to be ruled out. Um, I didn't think it was a foul on Allison. Um, you know, Liverpool had their chances as well. I thought Darwin Nunes had an absolutely awful game, to be honest. Um, I know people were praising his performance, but I thought his decision making in the final third was really, really bad. Um, but a good goal from Trent Alexander-Arnold, and you know, I think it was—I'm not sure if it was me and Connor who were talking about it, but it was—it was me and somebody anyway. And he was saying, uh, you know, Trent kind of switched off from his right back position and just started floating about, and then he got the goal, um, and that is exactly what happened. Um, but look, as you said, good result for for Liverpool. City dropping unnecessary points, but then again, it's Liverpool. Do you know what I mean? Who people are tipping to be title contenders. Um, Neither team is really having as good a season in the league as people were expecting. Um, you know, I, I don't necessarily see Liverpool as title contenders this season. Um, but, that you know, that, that result begs to differ because, you know, it is against the travel winners. Um, so, yeah, good result. Good point for Liverpool. Um, you know, City, City will think it's two points dropped, but, you know, at least they didn't lose. Yeah, that's true, lad. That's true. I'd say both sides will probably look at it like, look, we took something from the game. And I think for Liverpool going away to the Etihad, it's definitely a better result for them than it is for Man City, who I'm sure a lot of people, even though it was Liverpool, still probably had City to beat them at home, I would I would assume, you know. So City probably were the favourites in the game. Um, Connor Oren just mentioned it there, you know, the little bit of controversial controversial VAR. I feel like we can't get through a single episode without talking about VAR, but the foul on Allison or supposed foul on Allison. Um I'm gonna agree with Oren. I and look I know it's rich coming from United fans here, but I didn't feel like it was a foul either. I, I think it was very, very soft and to me personally it feels like we're now taking the physicality out of the game and I know goalkeepers get the rub of the green in those situations. However I felt like the contact was so minimal. I think Allison's absolutely got away with one there in what was undoubtedly probably the worst performance I've seen Allison have in a Liverpool shirt. I thought he was hor- horrible, to be honest. Um, completely uncharacteristic of him. Shanking balls away, distribution was poor. Shot stopping wasn't the most comfortable either. And I think that decision completely let him away with one where he just simply missed the ball completely missed the ball and because of Kanji was sort of stood on him it was deemed to be a foul what, what was your take of, of that particular incident yeah I would agree I didn't think it was a foul um, it was very soft uh, the VAR decided not to 
change the decision because the referee had given it. I think if the referee hadn't have given the foul, it would have counted. And obviously, it was a big moment in the game because if it goes 2-0, the game's over. Um, I thought, as you said, I thought Allison was poor. Even for the goal, his positioning uh, wasn't even that great of a finish by Holland. Uh, he did make a good save from Foden, but he was very shaky. Uh, he gave away a bad ball to Foden, who nearly scored. Um, still think he's like I think still think he's the best keeper in the world. He just had an off day. Uh, I thought Ederson, in comparison, was very good. His distribution was unbelievable. Um, but it, like as Owen was saying, like I think like Liverpool have to be happy with that result. I think City going into the game twenty three wins this season at home, zero draws, zero losses. So that's their first drop points, which is. Mental or November, but uh, yeah, even I just think I think with Liverpool, I think I didn't, I wasn't actually that impressed with Liverpool. I do think there are title contenders because they do have some really good forwards. I thought Nunes did have an off day, but with Trent as well, like as I think me and Orin were talking about that, Trent switched off, they were in 30 seconds before to make a 2 0. He gets away with it, he just strolls up the pitch and finishes, and it's just a complete change in the game. And I thought, I thought Trent in general was not good. You know, he's a, he's a great just distributor of the ball and he can score a goal, but uh, Doku was having a field day on him. And I thought Doku got man of the match by the Man City um, fans and I thought he was the best player in the park. So it, it was just such a strange game. I thought I thought both sides were disappointing. We spoke about this too, Connor. Like, these games get bigged up. Man City, Liverpool, biggest game of the season. And they always fall flat. For some reason, they always just fall flat and it's a very boring game. And I didn't think it helped. It was at twelve thirty, uh, straight after international break as well. But Liverpool will be happy with the draw because, like, so many players played poorly, and still to get away with a draw at Man City, the best side in Europe. It's just it, it is. You just can't argue it. It's it's a great result for Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, no, I I do agree with what you said there, Connor. Um, look. There were obviously some some notable performers on the pitch, Connor. You've just highlighted um Jeremy Doku there. Twelve completed dribbles in the game, seven of them against Trent Alexander Arnold. Um, most dribbles completed in a Premier League game so far this season. And really his his start to life at Manchester City is is nothing short of, of fantastic, to be honest. He he's he's really, really hit the ground running and, and already becoming a fixture in the Manchester City side, keeping Jack Grealish out at the minute. I know Grealish was unavailable due to illness, but you know, I, I think even when Grealish is fully fit, he, he doesn't really get a look in at the minute, to be honest. Um, But Oren, just on that situation there, you know, Trent picked as the pundits man in the match, Doku on the fantasy app at least and, and uh, over Man City's PA announcement announced as the man of the match I think football Twitter had Doku down as man of the match as well so a really strange situation to see a guy who gets roasted seven times in a game and only scores a goal, a goal being his only contribution, positive contribution to the game might I add because he created zero chances and look this is not me hating on Trent Alexander-Arnold at all I do think he's a great footballer I don't think he's a great right back however what do you make of a situation like that? It is quite strange, isn't it? Yeah, well, modern day football isn't based off performances anymore. It's based off stats, unfortunately. Um, and I would say Trent only, well, not I would say, he only got that moment in the match because um, he got Liverpool a point. He got the equalising goal. Um, Doku was by far the superior player in that in that match. He's been uh, absolutely fantastic since coming into the City squad and 
you know, nobody really thought he was going to light up the Premier League like he did so quick. You know, City don't really get a transfer wrong, if we're being honest. And that's, that's not just um, buying players, that's selling players as well. Like, I would be very surprised if at the start of last season you would think about Manchester City selling Riyad Mahrez um, and signing Jeremy Dockery. Do you know what I mean? So, um, they don't really get a transfer wrong. Um, I thought he was the man on the match. I thought Trent was very, very lucky to even still be on the pitch. And I don't mean like sent off. I mean like I thought he would have been subbed off because of his performance. And um, you know, even even Simicals coming on and, and over and right back or your young fella Ramsey if he was available because you know he was always going to be a hard time for whatever right back comes up against Jeremy Doku, especially. Um, with the defensive qualities of Trent Alexander-Arnold, I'm in full agreement with you, Connor. He's a fabulous footballer and has some of the best passing range ever seen in football. But as a right back and defensive qualities, he's not there. And I think he would admit that himself. And you know, I've seen Carragher saying that as well. So it baffled me that he gave him mono match. Um, but look, full credit to him. Mono match really means nothing. It's a, it's a game of stats at the end of the day. If you look at the likes of Rashford, he got a goal there the other day. Played absolutely awful, but was given like an 8 out of 10 by the Manchester United News. It's just the way it is. Yeah, it is a strange. I mean, it seems as though massive media outlets are really afraid to voice their actual opinions in case it goes against the, the football and green as such. Um, but that's why people come to the bottom bins for lifelike coverage as such. <laughs> but, Connor, Erling Haaland, fastest player to reach 50 Premier League goals. Um, I think he's beat... Beat uh Andy Cole's record by fourteen games, fifteen games maybe he's beat it by, um on track uh, uh in this particular um I seen a graph the other day it's like if he keeps scoring at the rate that he's scoring from he has joined the Premier League he will have a hundred goals by the end of his third season, um I mean what look we can't really give any more superlatives we can't really give any more adjectives to describe Erling Haaland but. I mean that that in a in itself, you know, being the quickest of fifty goals in such a short amount of time, forty six or forty seven games, it is absolutely mental stuff, isn't it? Definitely. Um, I thought in general he didn't have a great game, uh, but he, he always finds himself on the score sheet. Like he, he nearly scored at the end as well with the header in the last minute. Uh, for like he just steps up for City in the big games. You know, he can be he can do nothing. You know, for 80, 90 minutes, but he gets one chance and he finishes it and I think he is one of the best strikers we've seen in the Premier League and if he keeps going as you said you know he could have 100 Premier League goals by the end of next season which is mental mental stuff um, just, a, just a top top player uh, stepped up for City I thought in general City attacking wise except for uh, Daku were poor I thought Julian Alvarez was very very poor and he's been brilliant all season but he was very poor I thought Foden you know, went in and out of the game. Bernardo Silva was quiet. Uh, I thought Liverpool actually done a good job in that. It really was just uh, they were just picking on Trent, <laughs> and for Trent to, as just a on the other point, like for Trent to get man of the match was ridiculous because it is as Owen says, it's just it's a joke. I think he got eight or nine out of ten uh, on Sky Sports. Ridiculous for a man that they were picking on, and you know, it's it just there's so much luck in football too because he switches off for that goal. And if it, you know if they finished that two 0 he would have been absolutely destroyed in the media. But uh, that's the way it goes. But on Holland, just you know, we said every week we'd say you know, arguably the best striker in the world. Um, still, I think he's only twenty one, twenty two. 
he's just going to achieve such big things in football and you know he's just he's the best striker in the Premier League yeah that's I don't think that that that's ever in debate to be honest he's absolutely incredible incredible uh obviously when we're in these games they do produce moments of um of magic but they also do produce moments where tempers maybe flare and you know, a couple of couple of big tackles in the game as well, and then once the final whistle goes, there's a bit of tension after the game as well between uh, Darwin Nunes and Pep Guardiola, where Jurgen Klopp actually has to hold his player back and gives him a quite a stern telling off too, to be honest. <laughs> um, now the thing I find funny about this is I could understand it if it's a player like Mo Salah or Virgil Van Dijk, somebody with the credentials to back up. They're, they're any sort of argument they're having with arguably the greatest manager in football um, but it's coming from Darwin Nunes who can't hit a barn door let alone score a goal um, what did you make of that situation I mean I actually thought it was quite classy from Klopp to kind of be like what 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 do you do <laughs> I uh, I didn't really understand what it was about like you know but Pep Guardiola has obviously said something and you know Darwin he's took it real thick and he's replayed in, in Spanish or something, or whatever whatever both their language is there. And, you know, Pep Guardiola is obviously visually upset that, but, you know, Darwin is just giving it the big one for no reason. And uh, Big Jorgen comes over, and he's... Uh, but it doesn't necessarily look like he's calming Nunez down. It's rather he's just taking him away from the situation, which is probably the best thing to do there, but... Didn't understand it, uh, you know. Even though yes, you know we've said it's probably the biggest game in the Premier League every year for the last few years. Even last year when Liverpool weren't great, um, you know Liverpool and City is a huge, huge game that a lot of fans and neutral football fans get very excited for, but it never necessarily lives up to the expectation that everybody holds it to. Don't get me wrong, there's been a few fantastic moments in Liverpool and Man City, like that John Stones moment, which won City the league eventually, but like. That was, it wasn't necessarily the spiciest Man City and Liverpool game I've ever seen, so I don't really know where Darwizzi was getting all this hatred from and, and animosity from. So it just it baffled me, to be honest, and it, it confused me more than any. Yeah, well, I'd say if Guardiola had turned around and called him shit or something, he was well justified to do so, um, just to be completely honest, because he is pants pants and I'm glad to see all the compilations are coming back on Twitter of all his misses this season and I am I'm absolutely here for it so if anybody would like to tag me in them I'm, I'm more than happy to watch them every single night because he is pants <laughs> um, Connor a lot has been made of Liverpool's you know midfield rejuvenation is I think the term that, that, that the media is using at the minute but like what I would say is I don't think Gravenberg's been great in the Liverpool shirt. I don't think McAllister's been great in the Liverpool shirt. I think Endo's been steady enough when he's been asked to do a job. Um, and really, what I can see is, I mean, this is why I'm saying it's such a great result for Liverpool, because they're playing in games without a recognised six. I think Sabazlai's been excellent for them. I didn't think he had his best game now against Man City, but I think so far his Liverpool career has has been absolutely excellent. I think he's, he's definitely been one of their better players this year, but it does appear as though they are definitely going to have to go back into the market for a midfielder. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I thought the midfield the other day wasn't great. Uh, Sabasley obviously has been very good this season. I think McAllister has been disappointing. I think especially uh, against City, he was very poor. 
Um, as you said, they've no recognised six. You know, they're playing Curtis Jones in midfield. It's I don't know how they're doing it, to be honest. You have to give Klopp credit because I know they have spent a bit of money in midfield, but they're really doing it on scraps. You know, they've lost you know, they've lost Fabinho, uh, Thiago's injured, um, you know, Keita left. They're missing a lot of midfielders that they had when Aldam left. They're, they're missing a lot of midfielders that, you know, done very well for them. Uh, and they're replacing them. With, like, Curtis Jones isn't a bad player, but he's not really a midfielder. Um, that's why I'm surprised Trent doesn't go into midfield because they've seen who's playing there for England. But, like, I think a lot of credit has to go to Klopp because it just shows he's a high-calibre manager, top, top manager. Um, to go to Man City and get a draw without midfield you just got to give him credit and I actually think the underperformed but even with that they, went, they get a draw so uh, fair play and they, I think they definitely need a six they need a six and I, we said that at the start of the year and if they could get one in January which could be tough to do that could, that could make them proper title contenders because they're that they're very good at home it's their away form that's you know the, the struggle because at home they just dominate the game away from home they struggle a bit more but if they could go and get a number six, even a like you know a half decent one, uh, they could be proper title contenders. Yeah, yeah, no, I do, I agree, lot, I agree. Um, I I think because they're playing without a recognised six, I I wouldn't have them down as, you know, one of the top two teams in England. I still think City and Arsenal are are definitely a cut above them at the minute, but. I think if the word and managed to go out and get a decent, like a decent six, you know, I think you would have to put them right back in that conversation because they have forwards there that are going to score plenty of goals. Their defense isn't as leaky as what it was last year. I still think there's problems there, but I, I do think it is a is marginally better this year. I think midfield just is the problem area at the minute for them, and kind of has been for the last few years. Um, so I I, I do think you know if they got themselves a six yeah then i would definitely stick them in that conversation well look folks that's going to do it for this episode on man city and liverpool um please give us a follow on facebook it is the bottom bins podcast we're at bottom bins pod on twitter instagram um, and tiktok and as well please check out our previous episodes from the last couple of weeks and if you haven't already check out our one year anniversary special if you're somebody who's interested in podcasting or or who thinks that maybe want to give give it a go at it themselves. You know, maybe you've seen us do this a couple of times and you think, I like what those guys do. Um, I would like to maybe give it a go myself. Then head over and listen to our one-year anniversary special. It'll it'll maybe give you a bit of an insight into the world of, you know, content creation and, and how, how we manage to do it on, on a weekly basis. Thank you for listening. And as always, keep a bottom bins. Keep a bottom bins. Keep a bottom bins. <laughs>